Welcome to our podcast. So what do you think? The podcast where we chat about the Bible from Genesis to Revelation with friends, family, and loved ones. We laugh. This is the labor where they wash up. Then when you wash, wash up. I'm from Missouri, so y'all leave me yeah, alone. She's from Missouri. She really means wash. I'm learning more and more how little I know. <laughs> Daddy Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing. I can't do it. We do impressions. Hello. <laughs> I'm Bob the Tomato. Hi, this is Chang's Chinese restaurant. We get a little silly. Jericho, Joshua the Battle of Jericho, and the walls came tumbling down. I feel I have a hard time with condom, condiment, con. Not condiments. She loves ketchup and mayonnaise. So, in genius. Geniuses. That's our southern accent coming in there, babe. I'm just a little serious my spirit but what if i give you what you deserve and a lot grateful when you feel that you know where is god well, well that's him that's him showing his love yes he's got he's got all these people loving on you oh, you know yeah, and like as we ask and answer questions about the bible faith god and everything in between welcome to so what do you think take a load off get comfy and stay a while Hey guys, welcome to the show. My name is Missy, and I have with me here today my mom, Helen. Hey, mom. Hi. Hi, everybody. I hope everybody's uh, staying warm and uh, cozy today because today was a snow day yeah, in, in Georgia. Georgia. <laughs> in Georgia. <laughs> yeah. For some people, it's no big deal. For us, it's like, whoa, it's so pretty. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to do a little intro. I mean, we were trying to figure out what we wanted to talk about because you had done a the series on the Israelites, and um, we had finished that. And so this is what we came up with because of everything that's going on, not just with our family and friends, but uh, I think everybody is feeling it, like just with COVID and um the persecution of Christians and the, the mandates of the government and how, all the changes they're trying to make toward, you know, the great new reset. And you feel a lot of pressure and you feel a lot of you're struggling and you're like, why do we, you know, God, why do we have to go through this? And um, sometimes it's hard. And so we wanted to talk about that. So on that note, I want you to get us started. Okay. Well, as I was thinking about this, um, I came up with some um, just thoughts about why God lets us go through hard times instead of rescuing us from them. Mm-hmm. Number one, he sometimes he's preparing us for something that he knows is ahead of us. We can't see it. We don't know what yeah. it is. Uh, but. He he knows it's there. He knows it's coming, and he's mm-hmm. preparing us for that. Number mm-hmm. two, sometimes it's to strengthen the foundation of our faith and mm-hmm. to trust in God. Number three, sometimes it's to show God's sovereignty and the meaning of true faith, trusting God no matter what. 
when things are mm-hmm. going on and, you know, it's like, this isn't fair. I've been faithful to you, God. Why are you letting this happen to me? Why aren't you getting me out of this? So let's, right. let's look at Job for a second, because if anybody that applies to, it would be Job. If anybody went through a hard time, it was Job. If anybody, and, and he had he had no reason to. Uh, why did yeah. God let Job lose everything and have his friends and wife against him? You know, they were telling him, curse God and die. After all of Job's suffering, as he questions God, God answers him in Job 38 through 41. Mm-hmm. If any of you that are listening to this have never read those chapters, please do it. It is just, it will blow your mind. Um, the answer makes it. I love it, those chapters. I do too. I do too. The answer makes it very clear who is the sovereign one. I just want to read part of Job, uh, starting with, uh, chapter 38. 4 through 11, and this is okay. just a small excerpt of mm-hmm. what, uh, uh, how God answers this, because this is where uh, God has uh, uh, put, allowed, allowed Satan to come and destroy a lot of Job's life. He destroyed his, um, his fortune, he destroyed his health, he destroyed um, you know, his family and, you know, uh, his, his wife and, and friends are telling him, curse God and die. And Job says, I haven't done anything mm-hmm. wrong. I don't know why this is happening to me. And then in, um, uh, Job 38, starting with verse four, this is God speaking directly to Job. Where were you Mm -hmm. when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand. Who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know. Who stretched a measuring line across it? On what were its footings set? Or who laid its cornerstone? While the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy. Who shut up the sea behind doors when it burst forth from the womb? When I made the clouds its garment and wrapped it in thick darkness, when I fixed limits for it and set its doors and bars in place, when I said, this far you may come and no farther, here is where your proud waves halt. Have you ever given orders to the morning or shown the dawn its place, that it might take the earth by the edges and shake the wicked out of it? The earth takes shape like clay under a seal. Its features stand out like those of a garment. The wicked are denied their light, and their upraised arm is broken. And it goes on and on and on. And God is basically saying to Job, I am the sovereign one. Which brings us to point number four. It humbles us. Very <laughs> he may be much. making us go through a trial <clears throat> to humble us. Yes. And um, this goes on for several chapters. And it just, uh, 
it just goes on and on of, of what God says. You know, who did this? I did it. God did it. God did mm-hmm. all of this. Yes. And Job didn't have the, uh, the authority to do any of it. So well, I, I believe I went through some things in my life that I needed to go through to be humble because I was such a little turd, you know. <laughs> but, no, not uh, me. I do believe. But I did, and <laughs> I'm glad I did. I'm thankful I did. Yeah. So mm-hmm. what about David? Uh, God had Samuel anoint David to be king when he was a teenager. But when Samuel anointed David, David goes back out in the field and keeps taking care of the family's sheep. Yeah. And he doesn't become king for many years because mm-hmm. Saul is still king over Israel and David's not ready to reign and lead God's people. Right. So God Gotta has to teach him a few things. Exactly. God has to prepare him. For what he knows is ahead of him. And that and he is, never did. He didn't question that either. He didn't say, well, when am I going to be king? Uh-uh. Not that we know of. Yeah. Not, he trusted God. Mm-hmm. And as we've seen in different scripture, uh, David was, um, was actually called a, a man after God's own heart. Mm-hmm. Was he perfect? Absolutely not. But God has to allow David to go through some hard times. When Saul finds out that David is to be the next king, he becomes very jealous and tries to kill him. Chases Mm -hmm. him all over Israel and half of the world, I think. So if God anointed him to be king, why is Saul trying to kill him? But again, God is trying to teach David, how to become a leader, and that just because uh, somebody you feel like is your enemy doesn't mean that you're supposed to be turning around and killing them, because David had many, many, many chances to kill Saul, and he he didn't do it. He didn't do it. He'd walk away from him. But in all these struggles, God protected David. Let's look at 2 Samuel Seven, eight through 11. Now then, tell my servant David, this is what the Lord Almighty says. I took you from the pasture from tending the flock and appointed you ruler over my people Israel. I have been with you wherever you have gone, and I have cut off all your enemies from before you. Now I will make your name great like the names of the greatest men on earth. And I will provide a place for my people Israel and will plant them so that they can have a home of their own and no longer be disturbed. Wicked people will not oppress them anymore as they did at the beginning and have done it ever since the time I appointed leaders. (laughs) You scared the hang out of me. I sneezed. <laughs> I jumped a mile. <laughs> oh me. That's funny. Wicked people will not oppress them anymore as they did at the beginning and have done ever since the time I appointed leaders over my people Israel. I will also give you rest from all your enemies. So mm-hmm. 
uh, God allowed, you know, God anointed, uh, David King, but he had mm-hmm. to go through a lot of, uh, a lot of, of, uh, hardships before he right. ever took the throne. And God is making him a promise here. Okay. I scared, the, I scared the hang out of you. You did. <laughs> you did. I sneeze loud. I do not sneeze quiet. I don't sneeze quiet either, but that was right through the microphone. <laughs> I, I've heard these people and they go, Chew, and I'm like, oh, oh no, my gosh, I know. Yeah, uh-uh, no, not me. In Numbers, the Israelites are grumbling and complaining against God and Moses because they are in the wilderness and they left a good life behind in Egypt. They want to go back. They don't trust God. So God sends snakes into the camp and some of the Israelites get bitten and die. Let's look at numbers. I love this story. I don't really love it, but I love the the principle behind it. Well, let's look at numbers 21, 6 through 9. Then the Lord sent venomous snakes among them. They bit the people and many Israelites died. The people came to Moses and said, We sinned when we spoke against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take the snakes away from us. So Moses prayed for the people. The Lord said to Moses, Make a snake and put it up on a pole. Anyone who is bitten can look at it and live. So Moses made a bronze snake and put it up on a pole. Then when anyone was bitten by a snake and looked at the bronze snake, they lived. Now, let me read down here. Uh, This is uh, the commentary uh, for that uh, particular scripture. God used venomous snakes to punish the people for their unbelief and complaining. The desert of Sinai has a variety of snakes. Some hide in the sand and attack without warning. Both the Israelites and the Egyptian had a great fear of snakes. A bite by a poisonous snake often meant a slow death with intense suffering. When the bronze snake was hung on the pole, the Israelites didn't know the fuller meaning Jesus Christ would bring to this event. Jesus explained that just as the Israelites were healed of their sickness by looking at the snake on the pole, all believers today can be saved from the sickness of sin by looking to Jesus' death on the cross. It was not the snake that healed the people, but their belief that God could heal them. This belief was demonstrated by their obedience to God's instructions. In the same way, we should continue to look to Christ. Wow. Isn't that awesome? That is awesome. That is. Yeah. You know, and throughout the whole Bible, God uses all kinds of things to get our attention and to, uh, you know, teach us teach us what he wants us to learn. Mm-hmm. If we would just pay attention. Yeah, yeah. Will you read the next, the, the quotes for me? Trials teach us what we are. They dig up the soil and let us see what we are made of. That's by Charles Spurgeon. Prayer is the best armor against all trials. A gem cannot be polished without friction, 
nor a man perfected without trials. Being on a spiritual path does not prevent you from facing the darkness, but it teaches you how to use the darkness as a tool to grow. Those are awesome quotes. They are awesome quotes. And so very true. So very true. So I was responsible for going to the New Testament. There are so many things you could have used for this podcast, but everybody knows this one. Paul said this, 2 Corinthians 12, 7, Even though I have received such a wonderful, such wonderful revelations from God, so to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Concerning this thing, I asked God to remove it three times that it might depart from me. Well, God didn't ever remove it. No. So, And he said it's from me becoming proud because he did so many things in the Christian community, right? And you can, yeah. when you get that high up or you can start thinking it's, it's you and it's not God. Me. Yeah, That's right. So yeah. that kept him humble. <clears throat> and then... John was persecuted and sent to Patmos for preaching the gospel. And you wonder, why did God allow this? But you can look at what happened while he was there. So he was on this tiny, desolate island, and he was given a spiritual vision from God, which in turn gave us the book of Revelation. So through this situation, which seemed like a punishment, God was really preparing John to receive the spiritual vision for us, for the end times, and to tell us about heaven. And that... You know, what an honor for John to be able to do that. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes I think what we're going through now, I mean, we are definitely, you know, in the end times, whether it's a 100 years or a year or days, um, we are experiencing that right now. And it's like you want to ask yourself, am I doing enough? What should I be doing? And feel honored to be a part of this, even though it's hard a part of this time period, right. you know what I mean? Well, I think this time period is exciting. Um, some of it's hard, and it can get a little scary sometimes if you're not careful. Uh, but to me, this is some of the most exciting times in the Christian uh, life is what's going on and watching and looking at uh, prophecies and you know seeing some of them fulfilled right before your very eyes. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we have, I've grown up in a, a time when, you know, you just, you just went to church and you, you know, read your Bible and, you know, you might have done a Bible study, but, you know, it, that it didn't have a whole lot of, uh, uh, substance to it. And now it does because it seems to have more meaning, uh, because we're seeing what's going on in the world and we can relate it to what, God has been telling us it's going to happen. Right, right. Um, You know, and just I'm going to get off topic for one second and ask you a question that people keep saying over and over. Um, People think we're in the tribulation. I don't know where they're getting this. Are Uh, we in the tribulation? I don't think so. No. No, Uh -uh. no. Absolutely not. I don't know. They're saying we're in the sixth seal and all this. I'm like, it is going to be horrible. Horrible. Well, the, the first. Well, the first three and a half years aren't. Well, the the last three and a half years are. Oh, the last she, three she and was half. talking about we're in the sixth seal. I, I'm not sure where that is in the. 
I mean, what process that is in, but we're definitely not in the tribulation. I don't think we are yet either. Um, so going back on topic, let's talk about who went through the biggest trial of all for us. And that was Jesus. Yeah. The other day I watched the passion of the Christ and, uh, I talk about making you humble. Uh, that will make you very humble. And it makes you so thankful. I was crying and I was getting mad at the people for yeah. keeping him. I'm like, quit hitting him. You quit. You know, I, you get mad, even though, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, it breaks your heart. And yeah. to see what Jesus went th- uh, through for us. But if he had not gone through those trials, we would be separated from God still. Exactly. Exactly. But he loves us so much, he went through the trials. <clears throat> and even Jesus said, let this cup pass from me. Mm-hmm. But, but not, not my will, we, but yours be done. Yeah. That's right. So yeah. he understands what we're going through, our thoughts and our feelings when we're struggling. And, um, you know, it's hard. There's there's nothing, you know, it's just hard to try to get off, focus off yourself and try to focus on, okay, what am I going to learn from this? How, you know, right. what do I need to do um, kind of thing? Because we can all be like the Israelites. And- well, we get caught up in the day to day, the day to day. And um, sometimes we forget that there's a spiritual part of what's going on out there. And mm-hmm. if we could just remember that this isn't just a fleshly situation, it is a spiritual situation. And, mm-hmm. you know, that we need to focus on the spiritual part of it and keep our eyes fixed on Jesus and uh, seek Him and what He you know, has for us, what he wants us, how he wants us to um, react to whatever's going on around us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, do you have some more to add to what we're talking about? No. <laughs> I love that look on your face. <laughs> well, I wrote this a while back, but it kind of applies. Um. God sees you. He sees us. He sees our tears. He sees He sees your tears. He sees your doubts and your fears. You've had them bottled up inside, and they've become a heavy burden. He's knocking on your door, but He is a gentleman. He won't come in unless you invite Him. Invite Him into your heart. Give Him your sins and your burdens, and the hole in your heart can only be filled by Him. All other things fall short and leave us empty. And God loves you. He loves us so much. He knows when you stand up and when you sit down. And I just pray that your eyes are open to see his love right now. And, um, you know, he sees us going through our trials. And if you hear us talking and you don't know Christ as your own, I want you to, um, you really just have to believe in him. But we say a prayer. And if you want to say it with us, I invite you to do that. So just bow your heads. Say, Dear Lord, Father, I believe that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for me. I repent of my sins, Lord. 
I know that you died and bled for me and rose on the third day. I know that you sit at the right hand of the Father, Lord. And I believe in the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and I invite them to come in, Lord. I don't understand it all, but I pray that you would take the scales off my eyes and help me to see. Lord, I pray that you would fill us with wisdom and discernment and help us to understand. And we just pray that you would change us and make us and mold us into what you want as we go through these trials, Lord, as we cry these tears, as we go through these the persecution that people are going through. I just pray that you would strengthen us and just surround us with your love and peace. And God, you're our only hope. We have all our faith in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen, amen, and amen. Well, welcome back, Mom. We missed you. I love you. I miss being here. I've been around. (laughs) (laughs) We know. Well, I love you. I love you. Bye, everybody. Bye, y'all. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it. Are you interested in listening to more episodes? Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeart, and Spotify. Do you have a question you'd like us to chat about? Email us at swduthink at gmail.com. We have new episodes every Monday. See you next time.